Hey Church of the Beloved, my name is Kevin Zoe and I'm the production manager here at COTV. Just wanted to say a quick thanks for tuning in to our weekly sermon podcast. Today's message is brought to us by our interim senior pastor, Abe Lee. He's preaching from 1 Peter chapter 4, verses 7 through 11. So we're uh, almost done with a really short sermon series that Jonah helped title The Generous Life. And this series, what we're trying to do is talk through in some detail uh, what gospel informed, what gospel transformed stewardship looks like. See, a gospel-based stewardship, it goes way beyond just managing our finances well. A gospel-based stewardship <clears throat> points us to God's design, God's intent for every single one of us from the very beginning, from creation. See, God's desire is for us to be faithful stewards of his stuff, which is everything. Uh, Just so we know, at the heart of being a good steward, regardless of who you're a good steward for, is a very basic requirement, which is a good steward needs to know what the person that they are stewarding for, like a king, what what that king or person would do in any situation. A good steward knows... uh, knows this by knowing the king or the person's character. Because so, if you know someone's character, you know what they're going to do in any situation, hopefully. So as Christians, for a Christian, being a faithful steward of the king of kings, being a good steward of God's stuff, means that we need to get a better understanding of knowing who the king of kings is, his character. We need to know God better. Right? So last week, we considered um, very specifically how God has called us to steward chiron, or moments, time, that he's given us charge over, and how to use time or those moments well. This week, we're going to dive into and consider talents, abilities that God has given each and every one of us, and how we might be able to steward those well. I want to share a little bit of the process that I've been going through um, when it comes to preparing these messages for this particular sermon series. Uh, so when, when God made it really clear through our staff here at Church of the Beloved, through Yuji and Jonah, Kevin and Opal, that this current sermon series on stewardship was going to be a thing, I started to spend a lot of time just praying and reading through uh, about the gospel perspective of what stewardship should be and what it is. And after I did that, I started laying out a plan. You know, we start off with a general baseline, right? What is stewardship? And then we start diving deeper into the details of what biblical stewardship looks like for uh, managing our time, our abilities, and finances as well. I'll be very honest, I I had a lot of fun preparing to preach on those first two messages. You know, I got a chance to geek out a little bit on Lord of the Rings, uh, geeked out a little bit on on Greek, gained a better perspective of, of the promises that seeking God's wisdom gives us. And it was, it was, it was fun. It was cool. But preparing for this week's message, uh, it was different. It was tougher. Because this week's topic is really where doing what's called a topical sermon series becomes difficult, harder. Because you see, a straight exegetical sermon, what that allows me to do or if one to do is focus on just one book uh, and start unpacking a single verse or a couple of verses. Basically, I sit in one place and I just look around and see what the context is. Look how, like, but a topical sermon, like, how do we faithfully steward our abilities? This requires me to look at the entirety 
of Scripture, the entire Bible, to assess everything that Scripture says about a specific topic, talents, abilities. And as I did that, I ended up going down some rabbit trails. They're relevant, they're unexpected, they're things about gifts and talents, and they're absolutely rabbit trails. And as I was preparing for today, I realized that one of those rabbit trails that I went down, I need to bring you with me on. Um, Because today's passage, and thank you once again, Cindy, for reading that today. Um, I picked the passage itself because it is at at face value. It's a pretty clear-cut instruction to us as stewards on how we are to take care of our abilities. It says, as each of you has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. Then as I started digging deeper into this passage... I realized that this verse is not about our abilities, right? It's about our gifts. And that was my rabbit trail right there because there is a truly distinct truth that only pertains to Christians. It's this. Every Christian, every beloved child of God receives a spiritual gift. And and your gift from God, that spiritual gift, it doesn't necessarily equal your abilities or your talents. The spiritual gift that God grants in your life, it could be related to your natural talents, but that's not a given. The word gift in verse 10 in Greek is charismata. And so I did a little word study on the word, and it is used in a lot of different places throughout Scripture, at least derivatives of it. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 4 to 7, It says here, now there are varieties of gifts, but the same spirit. There are varieties of service, but the same Lord. There are varieties of activities, but it is the same God who empowers them all in everyone. To each is given the manifestation of the spirit for the common good. In 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 7, read that to you. It says, I wish that all were as I myself am. This is Paul. But each has his own gift from God. One of one kind and one of another. In uh, 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 14, it says this, Do not neglect the gift you have, which was given you by prophecy when the council of elders lay their hands on you. Romans chapter 12, verse 6 to 8, says this, Having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us use them. If prophecy in proportion to our faith, If service in our serving, the one who teaches in his teaching, the one who exhorts in his exhortation, the one who contributes in generosity, the one who leads with zeal, the one who who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness. As I said, a gospel-centered topical message, it needs to consider the entirety of Scripture. It needs to consider that to understand what the Bible says about that particular topic. So today's topic, which is faithfully stewarding our abilities... It initially brought me to the passage that was read by Cindy. But as I was studying this passage, it, you know, it morphed into a study of understanding what spiritual gifts are versus natural talents. Because, you see, today's passage is not a passage about our abilities, which was the original intent of our stewardship series. First Peter and all these other passages I just read about, they're all about God's charismata or God's spiritual gifts to each and every one of us. So these are given. These are not earned. These are not something we're born with. These are, in other words, there is a difference between a spiritual gift and a natural talent. Both are from God. Both must be stewarded faithfully 
for God, but they're different. So as I was preparing for today, I decided that we need to consider, at least at a high level, what is the difference between these two? And, and what does Scripture say about how we should steward each of them, our gifts and our talents? I went online to Webster, uh, Webster's Dictionary, and it defines talent this way, which is the natural endowments of a person or a, a special, typically creative, athletic, or artistic, a special aptitude. Our talent is something that, that we can do on our own, right? Something maybe you're born with. Maybe for me personally, uh, I, I have this innate ability to kind of command a room, or, or as some have told me, I have the ability to suck all the air out of a room. Suzette has pointed that one out to me. Not the sucking air out of a room, but that I have a tendency to be too loud and boisterous. And I promise, this is not my intent. I don't intend to do this, but I do acknowledge sometimes when I enter a room, I can be a little dramatic. I'll grab all the attention, bring it to me. I don't, it's, I, I think I accidentally did it when I visited Lakeshore East small group on Friday. It's not so much a natural ability, I think. Maybe it's more of an inherited curse because I'll tell you, my dad and my mom and my little brother, we're all the same. We do this. We, we just grab all the attention. See, a talent or an ability is innate within us. It, it could be genetic or it could be something you learn to do. You know, I, I taught myself how to play bass when I was 14 years old. So officially, I've been playing bass for 35 years. And when I first picked it up, I would literally fall asleep practicing. I, I ended up putting my mattress in high school on the ground because, you know, when I did fall asleep practicing bass, I didn't want the bass to fall too far. So it would just, you know, it would be right there. See, I built up my talent. I built up, talents are really about you, about me. Gifts, on the other hand, spiritual gifts are about God. Gifts are about the giver. Jesus said this to his disciples in John chapter 14, verse 16. I'll ask the Father, and he'll give you another helper to be with you forever. See, this helper, the Holy Spirit, the third person of our triune God, the Holy Spirit uh, would be with us, is a promise to enable us and to gift us with the abilities to help us spread the gospel, to serve each other as examples of God's love, being encouragement to one another, making each other disciples of the king. Acts chapter 1 verse 8, it says this, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. You'll be my witnesses. You'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea, and in Samaria, and to the end of the earth. Jesus made this promise to give spiritual gifts from God to enable our journey as Christians. He made this promise as his final words, right before he left to prepare our home, our eternal home, the upside-down kingdom. And the Apostle Paul, he teaches that these promised gifts are each unique to the individual. And yet they are for the community. Going back to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7, it says this, to each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. Verse 11 says, all these are empowered by one and the same Spirit, who portions to each one individually as he wills, as God wills. See, unlike talents, which can be inherited or earned or learned, a spiritual gift is exactly that, a gift, a gift given to us from God. We don't earn them. 
It's not by merit that we attain these. Typically, we don't even deserve the spiritual gift that God has given and granted to to you and, and to me. So there should be no pride. There should be no boasting for possessing a particular spiritual gift. Because it's ultimately, it is God's expression of his nature and his character through his beloved. That's what spiritual gifts are. Talents are about me, but gifts are about God. I was preparing, I was thinking of different talents that we have within our own church. You know, for example, being a great singer like uh, like Alex or Jonah or Ine or Lizzie or Steph, being an amazing musician like Jeremy or Sam or Harmony or Stacy, being an amazing artist like Evelyn or Alicia or an amazing baker, which we have lots of them, or amazing baller like j wants to be one day. You know, these are all examples of talents that, that one works for, that one hones and improves with practice. It's not all the talents that we have uh, that I'm listing, but I'm sure that you know, here you probably can think of one that you can name for yourself. I know one talent that my wife, Suzette, who is currently in Singapore for almost a month, her big desire is to be an amazing ukulele player. And she's trying. She's trying hard. But spiritual gifts, on the other hand, they could be. They may be an expansion of your natural talents, but they don't need to be. For example, the spiritual gift of administration, right? The Apostle Paul writes of the, the seven, the first diaconate or the deacons who had good reputations and good heads on their shoulders that could help deacon, which means to see the need, to the needs of the congregation. By the way, today is the last day. <clears throat> last day to identify women and men in our congregation who are of good re- reputation, are full of the spirit, full of the wisdom. So because uh, starting next week, those who are nominated are going to go through training with me before being presented to our members uh, for consideration and affirmation. So if you know folks, please go online uh, uh, or some bit.ly uh, uh, link that Ask Eugenia, she'll tell you what it is. I can't remember. But please submit those names. Another spiritual gift uh, that I wanted to focus on for a second was uh, this gift of discernment. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 10, it says that there are some who are given the ability to distinguish between spirits. Some, uh, someone with a gift of discernment typically has the ability to, to know when behaviors or decisions or teachings are consistent or are inconsistent with Scripture, with the gospel. If you see someone with that type of spiritual gift, by the way, that's a great person to ask to be a mentor to you. Not that you would be able to be able to have that person pass on that gift to you because that's not how it works. But if you find somebody like that, please ask them because that way you might grow and you might be encouraged and you might encourage a person with the gift of discernment. Romans 12 verse 8 speaks of another gift, the gift of exhortation, the gift of encouragement. See, we're all called to encourage each other as we journey together to draw closer to God. This is our role. But there are some amongst us that seem to have this supernatural ability to just be such an encouragement to strengthen the body of Christ. You know, with, with a simple text message or email, WhatsApp message, maybe a GIF or an emoji or a bitmoji or a memoji or whatever emoji, they have this amazing ability to, to kindly correct, to gently guide, to encourage someone in their faith journey. I really hope you have someone like that in your life today. For me, my wife is absolutely that source for me. There are also a lot of individuals here at Beloved that have 
been such an encouragement, have that giftedness. There's so, I want to say your names, but I didn't get a chance to ask before today, so I don't want to embarrass you or call anyone out, so I won't, but hopefully you'll recognize you, your consistent and constant emails encouraging me, showing up at the, my door to feed me, which you don't need to. It's really fine. I, I appreciate it. You can bring chips, but other than that, I'm really good. I want to thank you so much for exercising your spiritual gift of exhortation. The last example I really want to mention is the spiritual gift is of teaching. Again, Romans says that having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let's use them. The one who teaches in teaching. Now, I'll tell you, this is not necessarily a call to teachers, to educators who are already certified teachers in school or universities. It might include you, but it's not necessarily just you. This is you are not the only ones who are called to necessarily teach or preach. You know, there are a few in our church who have been granted this spiritual gift to teach, to communicate and explain the truth of God's grace so effectively, uh, like Cuts and Kevin and Mike. They've been given this gift, and so they're the ones that are going to start off leading our adult Sunday school classes starting in March. I'm so excited about that. It's not an exhaustive list that I've just shared with you, just some examples of the spiritual gifts that God provides us spoken of in Scripture. There really isn't an exhaustive list in Scripture. But I just want to give some examples of gifts that you might recognize in yourself or that you might see in others. Because talents are innate. Gifts are given. The thing is, a lot of spiritual gifts in the Bible, they kind of sound like those innate, those natural talents. And so the question is, how do I tell the difference? How, and, and, and if I can't, does it even matter, right? Because everything, talents and gifts, all of these are from God anyway. So what's the big deal about trying to figure out what the difference is? I'll tell you, it is true that both talents and gifts are from God. But I think it does make a difference to figure out the difference between the two. First, because talents are not limited to just Christians. But spiritual gifts are. The other thing is talents can be used for me. Really, spiritual gifts cannot, because spiritual gifts are given to each of us as needed for the sake of the body of Christ. Going back to my bass analogy, when I first started to learn, I remember very specifically that if I tried to play anything other than worship music, I sucked. I was horrible. I mean, I was really, really bad. But when I was playing with my praise team, and back then when I was in high school, it was just my old youth pastor, he had an old seagull guitar and me on a borrowed bass. By God's grace, we were able to play. I, I was, 35 years, I was able to eventually teach myself how to play, and so I can play now. But in that first year, it was only God's mercy. It was only his varied grace that we played anything remotely sounding like worship while we're there. Because talents are about me. And talents can be found in anybody. They're found in everybody. Gifts are about God. And they're only seen in his beloved. And it is only for the sake of his beloved. That's the difference between gifts and talents. So then the next logical question is, how do I tell the difference? And again, do I really need to? I want to expand on that second question a little bit more. Do I really need to figure out what my natural talents are versus the spiritual gifts that God's granted me? And because the answer to that question is yes and no. 1 Corinthians chapter 
12, verse 4 to 7. I want to just read that again to you. It says this. Now, there are varieties of gifts, or charismata, and there are varieties of service, which is, in the Greek, diakonia, which is the word for deacon, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities, but it's the same God who empowers them all and everyone. To each is giving the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. See, whatever your gift might be, it's all from the same place. It's, and it's all for the same purpose. It is for the body of Christ, for the beloved of God. So that's gifts. The same doesn't necessarily apply to talents. But it can. It should. In Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, it actually says this. We are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared before him that we should walk in them. See, God's intention of our abilities is to use them for the sake of our family, to do good works. In Matthew chapter 5, verse 14 to 16, uh, Jesus tells us that we are the light of the world. We are a city set on a hill that cannot be hidden. Nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand. And it gives a light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. See, spiritual gifts are given to us by God for the sake of the body of Christ. Talents and abilities, these are also given us to us by God. But though they're not limited to just encouraging and benefiting the church and the citizenry of heaven, it should be. It should be used for that purpose, for good works. 1 Corinthians 10.31 tells us, whether you eat or drink, whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. So is it important to figure out what your spiritual gifts are versus what your natural talents and abilities are? When it comes to understanding the purpose of either, not really. It really doesn't. Because everything granted to us, whether it's a gift or a talent, everything is from God. And as faithful stewards of God's everything, we should be using them for his benefit, for his glory. We should be using both and either for his beloved. At the same time, I do believe it is important to identify the difference because there is a difference between, uh, between the two. I believe that when you understand the difference between the two, you recognize it between your natural abilities and your spiritual giftedness, you start to grow in your own spiritual well-being. And as a result, you start to help the church, our church, grow in our own spiritual healthiness. This is my opinion. I think most people who attend church lean one of two ways. You have, on one end, the consumers, right? These are the individuals that maybe don't know how to or, or where to serve, or maybe they're the ones that are so used to a feed-me type of culture, a mentality that is all they know. They know how to consume church. So, you know, if church doesn't have the right entertainment value, the right level of whiz-bang, I tell you, I'm not sure if whiz-bang is actually a word used like I used it when I was growing up, so I'm going to try this way. I'm going to channel Sam Parker. Um, if the worship doesn't bop and the sermon isn't dank, then why would we even bother with it, right? See, the consumer churcher, that's what that looks like. At the other end of the spectrum is the doer. 
the doer is, no matter what the need is, these are folks that are just going to do. They're going to just help. You know, you, you need help with children's ministry? I'll do it even though I may have not interacted with a child since I was a child. You know, I need someone to run the live stream? I'll do it, even though I don't watch YouTube ever. So the doer doesn't consider their natural talents or their natural abilities or their spiritual giftedness. Their only desire is a love for the church and for the body of Christ, and they're willing to die to themselves for the sake of the community, which is awesome. I, I don't fault you for that. But they're ready to martyr themselves in a time when we may not need martyrs. I'm not sure where you are on this spectrum yourself. I I do think that there is a spectrum. Everyone leans towards either a consumer or a doer type of uh, mindset or lifestyle. You can probably name uh, at least one on each end, right? A consumer or a doer. You probably know where you land on this scale yourself. But the reason I bring it up I bring this up is because being able to discern what your natural talents are versus your spiritual gift, it helps us find the right balance on what I'm calling this churcher or what kind of church member attender are you, where you are on this churcher spectrum. Because the truth is your abilities may not be your gift. Serving to your natural talents and abilities It could be very easy, which is fine. But it can also leave you pretty burnt out. It can also leave you pretty drained. Especially if this is not how God has called you to serve your fellow sisters and brothers in church. At the other end of the spectrum, though, is that if your spiritual gift is not being used as intended, it's going to leave you longing. It's going to leave you desiring more spiritually. Let me explain. For those of you who are more, recent, uh, more recently joining us, I'm serving as the interim senior pastor for Church of the Beloved um, for a few reasons. One of the reasons, one of the big reasons is because I don't believe I am called to be the senior pastor of this church. I do believe, uh, my wife and I, after a lot of soul searching and praying, that I'm called to be a pastor here at Church of the Beloved. And Suzette and I, we truly understand that this is why God has likely called us to leave San Francisco and move to Chicago a few years back. But I do not, I believe that I am not called to be the pastor, the lead pastor of this church. So as a result, I still have my day job. I still have a day job working in the tech sector. I'm, uh, I'm a director of product uh, for a boutique technology consultancy. And I'll tell you, one of my natural talents that I have is public speaking and leadership. I'm not trying to be boastful or anything. It's just, it's what I do. It's what I do well. In my previous job in my company, they created a special unit, a division just for me. I was the only one in it. It was simply called Special Ops. And basically, my job was literally to fly into any on all project sites when there was a problem and just fix it. Because uh, I had this ability to just listen to people, and then people would listen to me. Whenever we had multi-million dollar deals with the state or countries and stuff like that, they would always include me in the proposal and the presentation because I just provided credibility. I provided clout to those opportunities. It's, it's, it's what I do. It's who I was. And I'll tell you very honestly, none of that has prepared me to the, be a pastor here at this church. Before tech, uh, I was a social worker. I have a master's in social work. I, I, I worked in foster care. I, did, I was a licensed clinical social worker for a pe- almost 10 years before, before going into tech. And, and even that experience of counseling people and helping people 
It didn't prepare me to be a pastor of this church. And if I were to be really honest, uh, just looking at my experiences, my qualifications, you know, natural born leader, able to speak well, able to care for people, able to counsel, it sounds like on paper, at least logistically and practically, that I, I, I could be a good fit for this role. But my natural ability, it does not necessarily point to my spiritual giftedness for the sake of our church family. See, I, I, this is what I believe. I, know, I believe that God has granted me the gift of pastoring, the gift of preaching now because there's joy when I do this. There's no weariness when I do this. I know that this gift has been granted to me because... I'm going back to another bass analogy. I've played bass for a long time, and I love it. It is my happy place. It is where I go when I'm having trouble. So whenever I was asked to play bass back in San Francisco, I would jump on the opportunity. Even here, I, 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 it's hard for me to say no when I'm asked to play bass, but I came to realize that my natural ability to play was not an assurance of my spiritual giftedness to serve in that manner, because, because playing, even though I know it was a blessing to many in the congregation, it wasn't always a blessing to me. It drained me, because I was so focused on playing well, getting it right, that I would not allow the Spirit of God to work through me in that talent. I eventually had to even take a year-long sabbatical break from playing, because I was just so spectacularly drained. But preaching is different right now. I think there's, because there's a full dependence on God, on his spirit to inform and transform and conform me to his will in this process of preparing to preach, the gift of pastoring, the gift of preaching is something that God's granted me in this time, in this season, this chiron, to add on top of my natural ability. Is it important to know what your natural talents are versus your spiritual giftedness? I think so, and I think not. Not because... As faithful stewards of both and either, we are commanded to use them as God intends for his glory, for our sisters and our brothers, for our family's benefit, to be an encouragement and to be encouraged by those. But also, yes, because knowing what spiritual gift God has provided you, and he's provided every single one of you, every single one of his beloved, a spiritual gift. He's provided a variety of gifts to account for God's varied grace Knowing what your gift is will allow you to minister to yourself and to the church in ways that will benefit you spiritually, will benefit you mentally, emotionally, maybe even physically. Because you would be following God's instruction that was read today, his instruction to his beloved. As each of you has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. Being faithful or good stewards of our talents and of our gifts means that we need to use them to serve one another. Understanding the variety of the needs of our community, God provides a variety of mercies, of varied grace to enable each and every one of us to serve. Consider our church, Church of the Beloved. We have a variety of needs even in this place. We have from social needs like folks from our former Wicker Park campus who have been isolated, unable to join us in person or online for a number of reasons. From the social to the very practical, people uh, who we need, people who can welcome to care for those who can come in person. So many different needs here. 
So what I want to do is I want to wrap up, start wrapping up by starting to answer the last question, which is how do I discern what my spiritual gift? And I just say starting because that's an ongoing question. And the very first thing I'm going to suggest to you is this. Step one is don't necessarily take a spiritual gifts test. You can, but it's not going to be the best thing. Instead, I'm just going to ask you to try something. In Titus chapter 3, verse 1, it tells us to be obedient and to be ready for every good work because the Christian life is not passive. The Christian life is absolutely active. I'll tell you, I have no idea whether Ray or Charlie or Lydia or Evelyn or Shana, whether they knew that they had the gift of teaching young children. But when asked, they jumped in. And that giftedness that they have has been affirmed by the parents and by the kids, I hope. I don't know if Derek or Yuji or Steph, if they knew that they had the gift of administration, but they jumped in. When they submitted to our call to serve on the board, and we as a congregation have affirmed their gift as they have faithfully served in that capacity over the last year. As each has received a gift, we're called to use it to serve one another. And I'll tell you the other part of this process of finding your gift from God is to listen. Whether it is the Holy Spirit affirming in you through joy or from the encouragement and affirmation of your family here at Beloved, listen. Because God's gifts are given to each and every one of us for the common good, for the sake of the family. And at the same time, for you, everyone here, if you see something, say something, right? Encourage each other as you witness your sisters and your brothers using their gift or their gifts, the ones God has given them as, they, as stewards of God's varied grace. Alex, I'm going to ask you in the band if you can make your way back up. I want to end with just this one summary of what I've been sharing. Every single one of us have natural talents and natural abilities, We're instructed to use these for God's glory. That's what faithful stewardship of our abilities looks like. And every single one of us are also given spiritual gifts. I may also mention really quickly, these spiritual gifts could be different and change over time. They they might be very specific to a, a chiron, a moment, a season right now, but every beloved child of God is promised a gift from God that is based on the various needs of the church community, of the family, and God's various varied grace to meet those needs. See, faithful stewardship of these gifts instructs us to figure out what those gifts are so that we might be an encouragement to and so that we might be encouraged by our obedience to God's call, our obedience to God's call to use those gifts, those talents, for the sake of the family. Thank you for tuning in to this week's COTV Sermon Podcast. For more info or to connect with us, you can visit our website at cotv.life. God bless and have a great week.